Welcome to this week's podcast from the Eucliping Church. We hope you enjoy this message. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Let's glorify Jesus. Let's glorify Jesus. I said, let's glorify Jesus. Let's glorify Jesus. Come on. Keep clapping. Don't stop clapping. It's as if Jesus is standing in front of you. It's as if the King of glory has been ushered into your city. It's as if you once were bound, but now you're free. It's as if you were blind, but now you can see. I need somebody, somebody to get a revelation of why we're here tonight. We're here for the King. We're here for His presence. We're here for His glory. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, come on, come on, come on. 30 seconds, 30 seconds. With everything that's within you, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Yay, yay. Come on, 15 seconds. Lift the name of Jesus. Lift the name of Jesus. Lift the name of Jesus. Yay. Jesus just keep playing like that I think that we who have been redeemed should be the most radical radical you see you may not have recently seen a drug addict who was strung out on fentanyl be gloriously set free And now, even though still walking through some healing, has been gloriously set free, praising, glorifying God. You see, no, 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 no. You don't have to patronize me. You see, because I know why I praise radical. I know why I praise high. I know why I don't mind offending the religious. It's because when I see a young man who is barely in his mid-twenties, who his life has already been eaten up by drugs and by alcohol and by all kinds of evil that you can imagine, be set free by the power and the presence of God. My friend, I see him jumping and leaping and shouting and praising God. He doesn't know. He didn't learn it from anyone All he knows is that one time uh, here just two weeks ago, he was in the back of a building uh, 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 detoxing from fentanyl. And all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord came in and he was sober, my friend. And he said, I felt it go out of my legs. He looked at us and he said, have you ever detoxed off of drugs? And most of us were like, no. He said, well, it aches and it hurts everywhere, but I felt it go out of my knee. I felt it go out of my legs. I'm telling you, I don't know how you can stand there and pat a cake when a God is able to set people free. So we're going to try it one more time. You see, what happens in the church is we get all religious and we don't, we just go to church. We don't be the church. We just go to church. I'll try it one more time. We just go to church because it's what we're supposed to do. 
but we were never called to just go to church. You need to go to church, but you were called to be the church. And this is what's getting ready to happen in Bryan and College Station, Pastor Jacob and all the other pastors are here, is that as you are contending for revival, because revival is the manifested presence of God that results in transformation. And the testimony that I just told you is just one of many others who are homosexuals and lesbians who have been set free and are now singing on our praise and worship team. I'll try it again. They're now singing on our praise and worship team. They're now running our cameras. I'll try it again. I said, I'll try it again just to make religion mad. I'll try it again. You see, they have been set free because of revival. You see, why all this revival? stuff. Why revival this? Why revival that? You look at me, my friend. It is more than a word. It is the manifested presence of God that results in transformation. And you listen to me, Brian, Texas. You listen to me, College Station, Aggies, and whatever else. The glory of the Lord is greater than any stronghold that is in this region. And there will not only be transformation, there will be reformation of the Brazos Valley in the name of Jesus. So we're going to try it one more time. And we are going to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Because you are giving a preemptive shout of what is getting ready to come in and fill the churches in this region. It is the lost. It is the broken. It is the confused university student who has been fed all kinds of dogma and all kinds of things that go against the word of God. You, my friends, in this building are getting ready. You're paving the way. You're starting the journey right now to see a harvest come in. But tonight, look at me, you are going to have to make a decision that you are finished with just going to church. You are going to finally be the church in this region because you You are going to have your own testimonies. You are going to have your own people up here and back in the back detoxing off of drugs. And they're going to be coming and saying, the glory set me free. Jesus set me free. In the glory, everything changed. You're going to have your own testimonies. But you're going to have to make a decision. And I'll be so bold to say even tonight that you will not take a step back to what you have been walking in and just making my way to church but you are going to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to get the glory in your life and in your churches so that a city can hear the power of God and the sound of God resonating because you look at me if the church will make enough noise in this city I'll try it again you don't strike me yet as those who like to make a lot of noise but you will You will. You will. Nudge your neighbor. Say, you will. (laughs) If you make enough noise in this city, and I'm not only talking about an audible noise, I'm talking about an inaudible noise. I'll teach you tonight. If you make enough noise, oh, it'll, it'll come out in an audible way. Trust me. It has to. You say, give me Bible for that. Okay, I will. Acts chapter 2. I was raised Pentecostal. Let me try it again. I was raised Pentecostal Church of God. Pentecostal Church of God was my roots. My mama and my daddy. 
I grew up in it. I still believe in upper room experience. Why have we shut it to the side? Why have we pushed it to the side? I'm telling you, God is saying, I'm crying out. He's crying out as we are crying out. Let there be a hungry people in this territory that says we will, we will lift up a cry for revival so that as it was on the day of Pentecost, the wind will blow, the sound will come, and the city will say, I hear a sound at Equipping Church. I hear a sound in Bryan College station are you ready shout unto God with the voice of triumph let the church be heard in this region come on come on come on come on come on Come on! Come on! Woo! Come on! Come on! Come on! Hallelujah! Woo! Lift your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I go off the promise that you gave me that wherever I place my feet, whatever territory that I stand on, Lord, you have given me the keys of the authority to speak into the territory. So in the name of Jesus, I speak over Brian College States in Texas. I speak over this region and I break the ceiling of limitation that has been set on this region. I break off word curses that have been spoken over this city. I break off right now. I break off right now even some kind of even some kind of packs. Packs that have been made. The packs that have been made over this city. I, in the name of Jesus, we break it by the blood of Jesus Christ and I say let God arise and let his enemies be scattered in the name of Jesus and I decree in the name of Jesus that in Jesus name right now the God of pleasure is broken off of this city the false gods are broken off of this city and the influence that they have in the name of Jesus and I decree and I prophesy by faith that the 110,000 seats, am I right? That are in the Aggie Stadium, am I right? I don't even know what an Aggie is. But I know what a blood-bought believer is. And I decree that that stadium will be filled with 110,000 radical worshipers of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lift your shout in this room if you agree with me tonight. Woo! Woo! Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! I speak over you, those who are hungry for revival, that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb 
by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives unto death. I'm going to try it again. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. In other words, they did not have a fear of death. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. I know by the spirit that I'm supposed to break it off. Oh, They do not have a fear of death. They do not have a fear of death. Why do we need to break that off of us? Because every time warfare will kick up, your fear of death will kick in. So we're going to break it off right now in the name of Jesus. Because if you want revival, you're going to have to deal with the spirit of fear. So I break it in the name of Jesus. Whatever has gripped your mind, whatever has gripped your paradigm, whatever has gripped your life, I break it off by the blood of Jesus Christ and I say be set free in Jesus name. Somebody shout yes Lord. Shout yes Lord. 2 Chronicles 7.14 Are y'all ready tonight? Are y'all ready tonight? Hallelujah. If my people you can keep playing for a minute. Who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. And then I will heal, heal their land. The healing of the land, my friend, is tied to the if and the will. The healing of the land is tied to if my people will pray. I'll try it again. The healing of your land is tied to your prayer. <clears throat> the healing of the land of this city is tied to the will. I will humble myself. I will pray. I will seek your face. I will turn from my wicked ways. Oh, wait, 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 Pastor Kim, we're in church. Oh, you don't take anything for granted, my friend. You can be standing here in this room right now and be bound by sin. But before you leave, you can come to an altar and receive forgiveness. You see the healing of your land here in Bryan College Station. The healing of our land in Phoenix, Arizona, was tied some eight, nine years ago to the if and the will. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? The healing of your land in this city is tied to if you will pray, if you will humble yourself. You see, it takes true humility to understand and have get a revelation of the power of prayer. This is such a strategic time, day, date, together on 714. Scream 714. Seven. Such a strategic, strategic time. If my people who are called by my name will humble and pray, humble themselves and pray, seek my face. And if they will turn, then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive them and I will heal their land. Do you see? I'm not preaching on this verse tonight, but I'm preaching about this verse tonight in the context of what is being talked about. Do you see that everything, everything is up to us? God is the only one that can heal the land. But it's up to us to do whatever it takes. Are you with me? So I ask us, and I know the answer because you're all good people in this room. But are we really ready for God to heal the land? 
Are we really ready for Bryan College Station? Come on, are we really ready that the next time on 714 that we meet together, that possibly we could be meeting in the Aggie Stadium? Are we really ready for that? Are we really ready? Then it's going to take some attention to the if and the will. If my people will humble themselves and pray, if they will seek my face, if they will turn from their wicked ways. I'm telling you, this is not an easy, we just want the healing of the land. Are you with me? But the whole first part of the, the healing of the land is, is three or four words at the end of that verse. All the other words of that verse has to do with our choices. If my people, if we will turn, if we will pray, if, 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 then I will forgive sin, the Lord says, and I will heal their land. To turn this city, to turn this region, is it Brazos? valley, Brazos, whatever, then it's going to take a company of people who unashamedly are ready to take some hits so they can give some hits. Come on, somebody. And said, I will do whatever it takes to pray. I will humble myself, whatever that means. I want this land healed because we must have revival. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. The number seven, I'll let you be seated right after this. The number seven, and, 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 and I, I believe, I be, let me just give this disclaimer. I, be, I do not believe in the demonic new age approach to, to numerology. Are you with me? But I do believe that the Lord is intentional in his word when certain numbers stick out. I mean, good goodness, we have a whole book of the Bible named what? Numbers. Come on, right? So I do believe that we can see, if you study the Bible in any depth, that there is consistency in some numbers. And seven is one of those. And even 14 is one of those. Seven being divine mandate fulfilled. Seven meaning completion or wholeness or finished. Can you scream at your neighbor, it is finished. Come on, come on. What is finished, Pastor Kim? The work of the enemy in this city and this territory in the name of Jesus. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to stop fighting, but what it does mean is that there's a church in this city, a Pentecostal church in this city that understands how powerful their God is and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Come on, we really believe what we read, amen? The number 14, the Lord dealt with me about this number at the beginning of 2020, actually, which is always interesting, 2020. Come on, somebody. But it is spiritual perfection. Number 14 means thoroughly processed. It means full circle. It means a major new beginning. It means a completion of something that has been set in motion. Ah. I'll repeat it again because I'm a lot happier about that than y'all are. 714, 7 meaning a divine mandate, pastor, has been fulfilled. Completion, wholeness, finished. 14, which is the double of 7. Did I do my math right? Thank God. Spiritual perfection that it is thoroughly processed. You see, it is a divine appointment that we are meeting on this date. Are you with me? Numbers mean something to the Lord and numbers mean something in the spirit realm. Number 14 means full circle. Everybody say we've come full circle. 
We speak it over this city that it has come full circle. We speak it over this region that it has come full circle. I said full circle. And now a major new beginning is getting ready to happen. Come on. We need to pause and give him praise for a major new beginning. And then I want you to, 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 to remember this. A completion, number 14, a completion of something that has been set in motion. A completion of something that has been set in motion. Now, in the Bible, the number 14 is mentioned 22 times. If you know the number 22, that's very significant. I won't go into that. The Hebraic alphabet equivalent for the number 14 is the name of David. Come on, somebody. The number 14 is the number for Passover. It is the number for Purim. It is first mention and with the law of first mention in the Bible in Genesis when Jacob served Laban for 14 years. What happened after those 14 years? It was a completion of something that had been set in motion. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I don't even know what happened 14 years ago here in this region or whatever uh, began to be set in motion for the good or for the evil we decree and we declare that something that has been set in motion whether it be by the people of God or by the witches and the warlocks that right now it is coming to an end and that there is being a new beginning God is ushering you into the next you need to shout on that come on In Matthew, it tells us that there were 14 generations between Abraham and David. It tells us there was 14 generations between David and Babylon, Babylonian, Babylonian captivity. It tells us there was 14 generations between the Babylonian captivity to Jesus Christ. You hear what I'm about to say, and I'll let you be seated. With every generation, there was a major new beginning. Come on. With every generation, there was a major new beginning. Every generation between David, uh, between Abraham to David, David to Babylon captivity, to that to Jesus Christ. Christ, they had reached a completion of something that was set in motion. I came to speak to the pastors here. This is the end of your uh, of your seventh year, is that correct? Or end of your eight? You're going into your eighth year. So you're going in, you have completed seven, and now you're going into eight. You have lasted, my friend. You have lasted. You have reached completion. You have reached the end of something that was set in motion and now on 714 I decree a new beginning come on somebody come on come on come on lift your hands in 30 seconds pray in the Holy Ghost y'all play something just keep playing what you're playing Come on, 15 seconds. 15 seconds. 15 seconds. There it is, there it is. Lift your hands and decree a new beginning. 
Lift your hands and decree a new beginning. Lift your hands and decree a new beginning. Lift your hands and decree a completion of something that has been set in motion. I speak it over this house. I speak it over the other pastors. I speak it over the other churches. I speak it over this city. I speak it over this area and this region in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Whoo. As loud as you can scream, say, let it be so, Lord. Come on. One more time. Shout, let it be so, Lord. Woo. Now, Lord, we take your word tonight. We take your word as direction. We take your word in the name of Jesus as impartation. But a directive on how to walk it out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just pray in the Holy Ghost a little bit longer. Come on. A little bit longer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to send revival across this nation in unprecedented measure. I mean, undeniable. It's happening in pockets. We have a little bit going on in Phoenix, Arizona. But God wants to do even higher and greater above that. And the other thing is, is he doesn't want to only do it in Phoenix, Arizona. And he's looking for hungry people. And he's looking for desperate people who will not just go to church, but they will be the church. Who will grab a revelation of what it takes to birth revival in their own life first. Come on, everybody. And then in their congregations. Come on. Come on. And then in their cities and their regions, yes? This is how we're going to see a revival and an awakening that will shake this nation at its core. That's how we're going to see it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to drop to you right now the most important thing that you need to do and be doing. And at a level that is greater than what you can think, dream, or imagine in order to birth revival and then sustain it. How have you been able to go for seven years? It's because everyone that walks through the doors of Fresh Start Church in Peoria, Phoenix, Arizona, they are either an intercessor already or they are a future intercessor. <clears throat> My friends, look at me. If you do not love to pray, you will not have revival. 
if you do not love to pray, you will not have revival. If you are not gripped with prayer, you will never see revival. If you negotiate other things to do every time there's a prayer meeting, you will not see revival. If other things fall in line of importance in your personal life and on your church calendar before prayer, you will not see revival. Need I go on? You say, you're being pretty intense. Oh, you better bet I am. You brought me all the way to Texas, and you want me to man-be-pan-be around what it takes to have revival? My friends, I offer you no shortcut. I offer you nothing less than the hell and the war that I have had to walk through. You do not get revival unless you are willing to take some hits to give some hits. If you want your nice, polished, makeup still in place. Come on, somebody. Oh, in by, in by 11 and out by 12 church, then you will not see revival in Bryan or College Station. If you get bored, my friend, it is not my fault. It is not his fault. It is not your pastor's fault. It is your fault because you have tapped out. Religion has told you that this is all there is to church. I'm telling you, yes, that may be all there is to church, but that's not all there is to the king. The kingdom has much more to offer than just 11 to 12 o'clock church service with maybe we'll have some tongues and interpretation that really wasn't from God anyway. Can I just preach up in this place? Because God is saying in these times, in these cities like a Bryan College Station where the spirit of the Aggie has taken over the atmosphere of this region, God is saying I need some voices that will stand up and say I'm finished just going to church my friend it's time that God let God grip everything on the inside of me and so that I can see not the Aggie spirit gripping the heart of people but the Holy Spirit gripping the heart of people (laughs) you see I don't play when it comes to revival I don't play when it comes to church because church is more than a building to me y'all can sit down you can go down Church is more than a building to me. Church is a group of people. It is the ecclesia. You see, when Jesus first named his church, upon this rock I will build my, y'all know your Bible, upon this rock I will build my, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That word church is ecclesia, and it's a governing and a legislative body of people. In other words, you don't get together to sing kumbaya and to just pass the time to say, I've done church in Texas today. You get together so that the principalities and the powers of darkness of this city and this region say, oh no, they're gathering together again to lift their voices in praise, in prayer, in prayer prophecy and you say oh that really happens you better bet it happens see what happens is a group of people start pressing into the more of God I came to help you tonight group of people start pressing into the more of God and all of a sudden this warfare starts happening not that your warfare this warfare starts happening that warfare starts happening the devil tries to take this punch and that punch and what happens is pastor said well we're going to back off we're going to back off this is too hard this is too much this is this is this 
places people left my church. Come on. If they leave your church because you're hungry for more Holy Ghost, my friends, you don't need them anyway. Yeah? So I'm serious about revival because it's been, that word has been so overused, unfortunately, and people are tacking revival on something that's not revival. Come on. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. I know that makes you want to shout. There's a price to pay. If I taught on prosperity, if I taught on, you know, uh, this and that, we'd be swinging from this. But, but there's a price to pay for revival. If you want to see a region change, if you want to take the Aggie spirit down, I'm sorry if you're an Aggie fan. Come on, somebody. I'm not so I can talk this way. Come on. I'm not any kind of fan, just a Jesus fan. Come on. I, did you hear me? Did you hear me? If you want to take the Aggie spirit down, and it is a spirit. It is a spirit in this, in this, in this valley or in this whatever we're in. It is a spirit. If you want to take it down. If you want to see that stadium filled with worshipers that are glorifying Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you better just understand revival's not just a word. Revival's not something you just read about in a book. Revival is real, but you, my friend, have to pay a very high price. And it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 in the Passion Translation Summing it up, it says, pray passionately in the spirit uh, as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. I'll try it again. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pastors, you want to know how to birth revival? I don't know how many pastors we have in the room, even if we have two, because I know we have one. Then you understand this. You better build your prayer ministry. And I'll go even a step further than that. Prayer is not a ministry. We are to be a house of prayer. This is 714. I read 2 Chronicles 714. Can I preach on prayer tonight? You say, oh, no, no, no. I wanted to hear about this. I want to hear about that. You know what? I may tell you some stories, but I got to start you at the very beginning. Because if you do not love to pray, if you do not want to pray, you will not see revival in a city and in a region. But if I can teach you to love to pray, my friend, then the Holy Spirit will break out, begin to break out at levels and dynamics that you have never thought, dreamed, or imagined. So, pastor, you better clear your calendar for prayer. Come on. Your personal prayer closet and your corporate prayer time. Come on. You better clear your calendar. All the other church attenders, parishioners, uh, people that fill the pews or the chairs uh, in our churches that are in this room right now or those watching online, you better clear your calendar for prayer. If you're on a church staff and you're here or you're watching online, you better clear your calendar for prayer. Oh, I'll just keep saying it until you get it. Come on. You better clear your calendar for prayer. I said you better clear your calendar for prayer. Hallelujah. Around 2007, the Holy Spirit spoke something to me along these lines. He said, the size and the impact and the influence of your church will be determined by the size of your prayer, both your personal prayer life, Kim, and your corporate prayer life. He said, how much impact do you want to make in this ministry? And he said, the Holy Spirit said, then your prayer base, your foundation must be bigger, stronger, deeper, and wider than that to sustain it. Are you with me in the room? Because 
because we will go no higher in spiritual impact than the depth of our prayer foundation. The principalities, my friends, they laugh at us. I said they laugh at us. I'll try it again. They laugh at us because they know we have no spiritual authority. They look and they say, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? The reason why they can say that is because there's no spiritual authority. And the reason why there is little spiritual authority within the church of America today is because we do not place priority on prayer. I'm going to get ahead of myself, but I'm going to say it now. Jesus didn't say, my father's house shall be a house of fellowship. He didn't say, my father's house shall be a house of small groups, a house of men's meetings and women's meetings. My father's house shall be a house of worship. No, he said, my father's house shall be a house of prayer. And in the context of Jesus saying that, he overturned some money changers, the commercialized church. Are you looking at me tonight? Jesus is getting ready to visit the church in this nation and he's getting ready to take some tables and turn them over in this nation where the ministers of God and even the people of God have made it commercialized. God's Jesus says, I'm tired of it. This is not my church. And he's getting ready to walk in and upset the tables to become a house of prayer once again. Shout if you know what I'm talking about. Amen? We tell our people at Fresh Start that our Wednesday night gap, if you don't know what that is, hundreds and hundreds attend this meeting. It's our weekly prayer meeting. We started it in 2014. We still continue it. We did it last night. That's why I'm hoarse right now. Come on, someone. It's not the only reason why I am, but it's why I'm hoarse right now. It's because I screamed all last weekend. Help me, somebody, in Revival Weekend. Hey, for the glory of God, but you hear what I'm saying. Even last night, as hundreds gathered in our sanctuary at Fresh Start Church, we were crying out even after almost seven years of revival from the little children all the way to the senior adults every age in between every ethnicity crying out to God for the fire of God to touch us again you say I think you would have the fire by now my friend you've uncovered one level of fire and you've been satisfied with it for 35 years I came to tell you that there is more we tell our people that that is the most important meeting of the week Pastors are afraid to do that because they're afraid they're going to choose between that and Sunday morning. I say my, I say to you, Pastor, if you will emphasize your prayer meeting as your most important meeting, you will not have to worry about those people coming on Sunday morning. Come on, somebody. Because this, is the, this gathering is the fuel to revival. Without it, we will not have substance. This is why much of the church, and I will even narrow it down, the Pentecostal church in the United States of America is weak and substanceless because they have no prayer. But if we have prayer and place it as priority, we have the armies of heaven that are behind us and we gain the substance of the presence of God. And what I knew in measure in 2000, has now become a greater grip and a revelation because you need a revelation of prayer. If you're going to sustain revival, you must sustain prayer. And you will not sustain prayer until you have a revelation of prayer, which is why I'm preaching on prayer tonight because I look at it now and I look around at the growth and I look around at the expansion and most of all, a revival that has broken out that we had no idea was going to influence an entire nation. And I literally weep and I 
stand in awe at what God has done, what God is doing, and what God has prophesied that he will do if we will stay on our knees building that foundation of prayer. Because he told me in 2007, well, before revival broke out in 2015, if you want this to have impact, Kim, you are going to have to build a deep and a wide and a large foundation of prayer. I'm going to try it again. You better clear your calendar for prayer in your secret place. If you don't have a secret place, my friend, I highly doubt if if, if Christians don't have a secret place that they are even Christians. Come on. How can you serve someone that you do not know? How can you serve someone that you never talk to? How can you serve someone that you never commune with? Let me tell you, you bring your secret place into this place. So what happens in this place is a result of your secret place. If it's good, then your secret place is good. If it's explosive, then your secret place is explosive. But if it's dead, if it's dry, if it's if it's dormant, if it's if it's stale, then that means, my friend, it is a reflection of our secret place. Oh my God. Shake your neighbor and say, don't play when it comes to revival. Come on. Nope, y'all didn't shake them. Y'all didn't shake them. You better shake them. Say, don't play when it comes to revival. Come on. Come on, scream it at them. Don't play when it comes to revival. There's so many foundations, the foundation of prayer. There's so many foundations that are being marketed in the body of Christ today. Most of these foundations that are being marketed in the body of Christ today, it requires you. You got to be doing, 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 doing. But there's only one option for a solid foundation, and that is prayer. It's not found in the running around, pastors. It's not found in the running around. It's found with your knees on the ground. Come on, somebody. Because prayer builds this eternal foundation, and it can is never stop being poured. We place just as much and a uh, 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 provocation on our people after seven years, almost seven years of full years of revival in prayer than we did in the very beginning. Come on, come on! Because to whom much is given, much is required. Are you ready? I said, to whom much is given, much is required. That's why I ask you: Are you ready for revival? Come on! Because to whom much is given, much is required. So if you do not love prayer, you do not want revival. Somebody shout yes come on you see hell isn't nervous at your knowledge my friend hell doesn't even really care necessarily how many bible verses you know if you never use them in prayer come on help me y'all help me he does not hell is not nervous at our title he's not nervous at our talent but hell will tremble and hell will move out of the way and hell must obey a blood-bought believer that is on their knees in prayer hell mocks our programs principalities mock our ideas and our ideals but they shake and they shudder when we pray because we pray not in this realm but to another realm that is greater and higher above principality power my dominion and every name that is named in this age and the age to come you see we have been busy building a church and God says it's time to start birthing a move of God in prayer oh I'm telling you I'm not saying we have to do away with all programs but what I am saying is if you're programs do not have prayer they are doing no good whatsoever but if you put prayer to everything that you do I'm telling you it will add power it will add power it will add power somebody shout power we need power back in the Pentecostal church we need fire back in the Pentecostal church it's only going to come when we pray come on so if I can teach you to pray 
If I can teach you to love to pray, if I can teach you the discipline of prayer, the outcome is limitless. Help me, somebody. The growth never stops because our prayers are supernatural and your prayers never die. Yes. They are never forgotten and they never go unanswered. The answer may not be yes, but they never go unanswered. Come on. They are incense before the throne of God. They are a fragrance fragrance that activates the throne room activity into this earthly realm. But so if I can teach you tonight in the first part of this message that the necessity of prayer for revival and to love to pray and to embrace prayer, then literally you can release destinies that are 30 to 50 years from now. You can touch nations. You can shift governments. You can create an America for your grandchildren to live in. I'll try it again. You can shift nations. You can shift governments. Do do you really believe, Pastor Kim, that we can shift the government in the United States of America? I see it happening right now as we are in this building. The prayers of God's people in this nation are shifting governments. Even, yes, even a few weeks ago, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I'm telling you, it is happening. It is happening. It is happening. It is happening. If I can teach you to love to pray and the discipline of prayer, you will act access unending heavenly realms that are healing and deliverance and salvation and provision and protection and prosperity. I rode with your pastor or the pastor here from uh, Austin uh, this afternoon or in the morning, whatever time it was, and I heard story after story after story of the miracles and the signs and the wonders that he has seen overseas, and I praise God for that, but I say it's coming to America. I say it's coming to Bryan College Station. I say in the name of Jesus, but God has to find some people who are serious about birthing it in prayer. If I can teach you to love to pray, you'll learn to stand on your own and you will access breakthrough. Come on. If I can teach you to love to pray, you'll overcome a spirit of fear. Help me, y'all. If I can teach you to love to pray, you're going to fall in love with him. And my friends, that is the essence of revival is falling in love with Jesus. It's not a, a, a series of meetings that we have, even though that's all right. It's not just bringing a special guest in, even though that's fine. It's not these things that we have made it to be. It is literally falling in love with Jesus. This is why you must learn to love to pray get a revelation of the power of prayer because you are accessing unending realms of glory if I can teach you in this place tonight to love to pray and to discipline yourself to pray you will gain the attention of heaven and you will command the attention of hell God will use you to birth God will use you to shift God will use you to align God will use you to defeat and to displace the works of the enemy God God will use your prayers to keep the ranks of darkness at bay in your region. God will use you to open up the heavens so that revival fire can come down into your home, into your neighborhood, into your church, into your city, into your region. You will terrify hell if you love to pray and are disciplined to pray. You will see the miraculous. Territories will bow under the weight of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You will see countless lives change. You will see entire congregations touched by the fire of God. There will not just be two or three Pentecostal churches in this city. This city will be overflowing with Pentecostal Holy Ghost filled churches if you love to pray. Are you still with me? It's amazing to realize that God has limited himself to our prayers. The God who can move a finger 
and entire nations are changed and affected. He has limited himself to our praying. The one who has all authority has transferred that authority to you and me to execute in the place of prayer. So, if I were the devil and I am not the devil, come on, y'all, I would make believers lazy in prayer. <clears throat> if I were the devil and I'm not the devil, I would make believers too busy to pray. If I were the devil and I'm not the devil, but I would imagine that he would make them believe that the prayer meeting is the boring meeting. That God doesn't hear or answer my prayer. The devil would cause pastors to run to everything else except the prayer closet and prioritize everything else except the prayer meeting. That's what the devil will do. But when the 12 disciples followed Jesus, they could have asked him to preach any message whatsoever, but the message that they asked him to preach was teach us to pray. They didn't say teach us to prophesy. My God, I could preach on that one for a while. They didn't say teach us how to fast. They didn't say teach us how to, to meet together in koinonia. They said teach us how to pray. Why do you think that they asked that? Here's why I believe they asked that is because they saw the prayer life of Jesus himself and they were gripped by his, by his, uh, 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 by his heart and his discipline and his zeal for the place of prayer so as they followed him they watched him go up the mountain alone and pray go out in the middle of the night and pray stay out all night and pray and so there's one thing apparently that grabbed their attention is that this is what Jesus does most of the time so if we're going to ask him to preach to us right now we're going to ask him to preach us a message on prayer that my friends should teach us something about the priority of prayer and as I said a few moments ago go as I got ahead of myself Jesus said my father's house shall be called a house of prayer come on when Jesus launched the church in the book of Acts he launched it with a prayer meeting so you can see why prayer must be the number one priority everybody is looking for the quick path to growth that's why I say we've been building churches instead of birthing a move of God I came to mess you up in this room tonight God never ask us to build churches he said if I remember correctly upon this rock I will build my church he didn't ask us to build anything but he definitely asked us to birth a move of his spirit in this realm everybody wants the quick path but no one wants to do the hard work of prayer consistent prayer not only rivals but it supersedes humanistic ingenuity that appeals to fleshly appetites can I say that prayer produces eternal results and it brings my God a weight and a substance oh I'm going to say it again it brings a weight and it brings a substance I'm going to say it again it brings a when I say that that means you say amen come on it brings a weight and it brings a substance and the the, the, the value of that is that as we are in prayer then when we come together and a world is looking on they don't just come in and feel what we are doing they feel him when we come together they feel the weight of his presence somebody shout yes in this place come on Woo! amen so I want to provoke you tonight probably already have but if we want revival, we got to pray. We must believe in the power of prayer because prayer changes everything. We got to have a hunger for prayer. Spiritual authority grows through prayer. 
Oh, spiritual authority grows through prayer. We must have capacity. Everybody say capacity. We must have capacity. So prayer must grip us until we cannot live without it. It must go deeper than a duty. It must drive us. It must become a hunger. If you've read my book, probably some of what I'm sharing now, you've read in there and the story about Jackson Sinyonga in Uganda. You may have read that story. If not, I'm going to tell it now, and even if you have, because this is gripping to me. In the country or the nation of Uganda, there be in the... I believe it was in the 1990s under the rule or the regime of Idi Amin. I believe I had the name right there, the pronunciation right there. Uh, there was a cruel, cruel, cruel uh, annihilation of the people. He was killing people left and right. The government were killing people left and right. And the people feared for their lives. And the church, uh, 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 Jackson Sinyonga was giving the testimony. And he said that everyone lived up underneath a horrible fear. He said there were roadblocks because they would kill you if you tried to escape. You couldn't go to the airports. They were restricted. There was no one allowed to escape. And he said we, we, we lived not knowing what to do. And he says this, in the middle of this oppression, in the middle of this oppression in this nation, he said the devil, in our desperation, the devil made us pray. Come on somebody. In our desperation, the devil made us pray. You see, he says, I'm reading, quoting from him, the, uh, the, the revival comes to us either from desperation or devastation. We choose the way we want our revival. And he said, Uganda began to pray like dying people. These are the kinds of prayers that bring revival. I came to provoke you to prayer. Prayer must be priority. You cannot negotiate prayer in your personal time or in your corporate time. You need to move your calendar and make prayer a priority. I'm going to keep saying it, y'all. I'm going to keep saying it. This is not something that we negotiate. You want to know how we birth and build and sustain revival? Bible for seven years it is because prayer grips us it is because prayer consumes us it is because it is what we do every day almost all day it seems like we have set aside times of prayer and fasting for six seven eight years and we're still provoking ourselves to more and more prayer I know this is not the most exciting message that you would like to hear on prayer but this is 714 and if you want the prophetic words to come to pass that have been spoken not just by me but by other prophets that have come into this region you my friend must find a place of prayer and birth it in the place of prayer because prophetic words are not inevitable they are possible but they are not inevitable you must take that prophetic word and not just dance around and quote it and say look what they said about us you must have a gripping a gripping a gripping I said a gripping desire on the inside of you to take that word before the Lord and say, God, you said, and if God does it in one year, you rejoice. But if God doesn't do it for 20 more years, I ask you, Brian College Station, will you still be praying? Because Jackson Sinyonga said they prayed. They prayed. And he said, we begin to pray like dying people. These are the kinds of prayers that bring revival, not casual prayers. Prayers was not an event for us. It was a lifestyle. We put demands on heaven to open and on the heart of God to respond. He said prayer must be taken to the melting point. It wasn't an organized prayer. It was jungle praying, he said. We would go out in the jungle and get bitten by mosquitoes and bugs 
bugs and they would come back with all kinds of insect bites all over them but they did not care because their hunger for God transcended their natural comfort come on America their hunger for God transcended their natural comfort it was either God came or they were dead and he said that as a result of their praying look at me y'all for 15 years look at your neighbor say 15 years come on he said as a result of their praying for 15 years that God came God came he said prayer now you listen to what I'm about to say still quoting him he said prayer must be able to outcry the sin of the land before revival comes when the sin of the city is crying louder than the voice of intercession we will never see a new day of transformation come on Hallelujah. He said, in America, you are accustomed to events. Come on now. He said, therefore, you do not know how fervent prayer can be sustained. Event praying, he says, is hit and run praying. And when the enemy, and when we run, he says, hit and run praying. And when we run, the enemy occupies. Oh, come on, come on, church. Are you still with me tonight? When we run, the enemy occupies. In other words, when we don't show up, the enemy occupies. When we don't enter in, when we don't press in. Look, y'all, I'm t- I, 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 don't, I don't know if I'm doing a good job. It doesn't really matter to me in that sense. Uh, thank you. But, but here's, here's, a, here's a real deal, y'all. If you don't love to pray, you will not see revival. And I am not here to paint a pretty, I could tell you wonderful stories about revival. But if I only tell you the stories and I don't tell you how to birth it, my friend, if I only tell, and, and, and testimonies are powerful, you need to hear that. I said a few of them tonight. But if I only tell you that, then you're going to try to jump to that without doing what it takes to birth that. And on 714, are you with me? On 714, when something that has been set in motion has come to a place of new beginning, you've got to understand there's another level of prayer, there's another level of engaging that it's going to to take to shift the Aggie spirit and let the Holy Spirit take over. Help me, y'all. Help me, y'all. To shift it, to let the Holy Spirit. Why do you keep harping on that? Because I understand these kinds of things are made God in our region are you with me I said they're made gods in our region and if as the church we do not recognize that we will be gripped by the same thing that the world is gripped by but it's only in the place of prayer that I can see the heavens open help me now I can see the heavens open and I can see into a realm that is greater than anything that this realm has to offer for me this is what it's going to take Everybody shout revival, revival. Everybody shout prayer, prayer. Hallelujah. And he said every day for over 15 years, they would not take no for an answer until they came to the melting point of prayer. God, get us to the melting point of prayer. And God answered in Uganda, and he said it affected the political system the marketplace, the church of Uganda. And he said in that season, there was a new atmosphere in Uganda. We need to praise the Lord right now. Come on. Because if God did it there, if my people, if my people, everything is tied. The healing of the land is tied to the if and the will. I'll try it again. The healing of the land is tied to the if and the will. 
I don't know how many churches are represented in this meeting tonight and tomorrow night, but I say in the name of Jesus that the next prayer meeting that is called in these churches, it will be packed with every single person that attends that church. Okay, see? Okay, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Do you really want revival? Do you really want revival? Then you're really going to have to love to pray. If I can teach you to love to pray, then you too, my friend, will have a story of seven years, of eight years, of 20 years of sustained revival. And you will see an arm grow back in the United States of America. Oh, yes, you will. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Because you love to pray. Oh, because you know that when you pray... You tap into unending resources of an eternal realm. The Bible says that he has placed eternity in our hearts. If eternity is in our hearts, my friend, that is the capacity that we have to pull on. I don't know if you got that or not. If eternity is in our hearts, that is the capacity that we have to pull on. But we can't make it five minutes in prayer. Oh, clap your hands, all you people shouting to God with the voice of triumph. I mean, is that happier? Come on, somebody. We can't last five minutes. We pray in tongues. It's like, I know I've been praying in tongues 30 minutes. We look, it's been three minutes. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not mocking. I'm not mocking because, I, you know, prayer is not easy. Anybody told you prayer is easy, that, that, yeah, that's not true. Prayer is fulfilling. Prayer, prayer is totally fulfilling. But it is not easy. You know why it's not easy? Because everything about it goes against our flesh. And there is such warfare of the flesh and of the demonic. Come on. But when we grasp a revelation of what I'm talking about tonight, literally, we prayed for years and years and years in prayer meetings. We always had a prayer meeting. I would have a you know, decent number of people show up. Tuesday morning prayer. I mean, we've tried every day of the week. Come on, somebody. Say, like, my God, what we, what day is going to resonate with these people, you know? It's really not going to be any day. You're just going to have to get a revelation of the power of prayer. You want revival to grip a region? Let prayer grip you. Oh, receive it. You want revival to grip a city? Let prayer grip you. Let prayer grip you. We just had a revival weekend, doorkeeper of revival weekend. Some of you may or may not be familiar with what that is at Fresh Start. We just had this that that this last weekend uh, at, at Fresh Start. We've been doing it for six full years now. We just had that. You know what we went back to doing? How huh, Rosalinda, this well, y'all welcome Rosalinda. This is our children's pastor, our uh, family care pastor, her and her husband traveling with me. What did we do, Rosalinda, this week after we got off that phenomenal uh, revival weekend? She has Holy Ghost revival with the children, uh, hundreds of children in there uh, receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, praying in the spirit, come on, prophesying, uh, praying for, for healing. I mean, uh, children, little children, uh, five years old all the way up to 11 years old, and, and they're just having revival back there. And at glorious time, we have prophetic words go forth. We have fire of God in the altars. We have healings. We have salvations. We have baptism in water. We have this all happened this last weekend. Are you with me? This all happened this last weekend. We had baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit. We had people falling out under the power of God. We had, we had what looked like in the natural chaos in the altar. Come on, chaos in the natural. Come on, is order in the spirit. Come on, Pentecostals. Come on, get back to your roots. Come on. Come on, we have formalized and we have we have we have have have, have kind of organized what God says. I'm going to come down and I just want to mess that up again. Help me, y'all. Come on. 
We just came off of that. Let me tell you, this week, Tuesday, we take Mondays off. Thank God. We take Mondays off. We come back Tuesday of this week. You want me to tell you what we start doing? We don't just, we don't, we don't take off. We don't uh, 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 sit back put our feet up or whatever. No, we come back to the drawing board. I said, we come back to the drawing board. Let me tell you what the drawing board is. It is prayer and it is fasting. We spend about three hours in our staff meeting talking about what God did, talking about the power of God, talking about the prophetic word. I'm taking you into our world right now. You see, because I have a lot of people that are bringing me in because of revival and the spirit of revival, but very few understand not only what it takes to sustain it, but what it means to birth it. You see, we cannot throw the word around and act like it's something that it's not. Help me, y'all. Help me. Help me. I came to truly help you. Roll up your sleeves. Pull up. Roll up your pants. Come on, somebody at the at the bottom. Take your boots off. Get your feet in the in the mud. Come on. Help me, y'all. And roll up those sleeves and say, whatever it takes, we are going to pray. We are going to fast. That's what we did this week. We went right back to the grind of prayer and fasting. I'll say that in a demeaning way. I just said, because we understand that if we ever take a break, if we ever back off then that my friends means the end of revival and it means the end of God's hand being extended this is why I'm preaching like I'm preaching and I know that you pray and I know that you love prayer but what I have come to do is do what I'm supposed to do is to provoke you to another level because what God is doing now is not all that God wants to do what you have tasted is not all that God has what this city needs is not all that we're giving him but prayer Prayer can unlock it all in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Woo! So this is what I believe. I'm believing for it. I am believing God. I am believing God. That as the body of Christ begins to shift into greater levels of prayer and hunger and desperation that there is going to be a nation-shaking, history-making revival so that the next generation will have a reference point. The Lord spoke that phrase to me here some time ago, last year, I believe. And he said, Kim, are you willing to believe me for a nation-shaking, history-making revival so that the next generation can have a reference point? And I'm immediately I'm thinking in my mind, Lord, you know, look what look what's happening through the church here through Fresh Start, the revival, the this, that, and the other. He said, Kim, are you willing to believe me for a nation-shaking, history-making revival so that the next generation will have a reference point? What stories are our grandchildren going to be telling about us and our generation of revival? I'll try it again. What stories are going to be written about you? What stories are going to be written about me? Come on, y'all help me. Can we believe Isaiah 64 that says, rend the heavens, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and come down, O Lord. Let the mountains shake at your presence. Let every obstacle of sin, let every obstacle of Satan, let every obstacle of the demonic realm, let every obstacle in this natural realm shake at your presence. Can we believe in prayer with our with our passion uh, uh, for, for, uh, for our children and our grandchildren that literally... 
we're going to do our part in our generation. I refuse to sleep in my generation. Come on, somebody. I refuse to sleep in my generation. I have three grandchildren, almost nine, one five, and one two-year-old. I refuse to just, just glide through these latter years of my life saying, well, you know, God's been good. Let's just wrap this thing up. Come on, somebody. I want to make a mark. I want my name to be known in heaven, but I also want my name to be known in hell, and I also want my name to be known in the history books, not as an accolade to Kim Owens, but that it went down saying that she fought for revival in a generation so that the next generation would have a reference point that they could look back on and say if my grandfather and my grandmother and my mom and my dad believed God and they saw the sick healed and they saw the blind see and they saw cancer healed and they saw the drug addict set free and they saw the lesbian be set free and the homosexual being set free if that is what my my grandmother and my grandfather saw then they have set the bar so high and their ceiling is my floor I'm looking at a generation in this room and I am telling us we are responsible for this generation whether you are 18 or whether you are 80 in this room right now it is your responsibility it is my responsibility to believe that America can be shifted that this nation can shift that there can be a revival that shakes this place like it did in Wales like it did in the Hebrides like it did at Brownsville Assembly of God like it is happening at Fresh Start and even greater it's our responsibility Like it did at Azusa Street. Shifted a nation. The Pentecostal denomination that this church is in, that I grew up in, the assemblies of God that our church is in, came out of that move of God. Are you with me? And the Holy Spirit said, Kim, are you willing to believe for a nation-shaking, history-making revival so that the next generation will have a reference point. What stories are your grandchildren going to be telling about you? They cast a demon out. They laid hands on the sick and they were healed. Arms and legs grew out. Power of God came and touched the entire University of Texas A&M. You can tell I'm not a fan. God gripped that university. Oh, is this too much? Come on. You see, when you, get, when you get in the place of prayer, it's not too much. And then God, like he did for, I'm going to cry, like he did for Evan Roberts, like he did for the two 80-year-old women who could not even get out of their house, but they prayed for the Hebrides territories to be shifted. And an entire region fell under the weight of the power of God. And yet we think that Texas A&M cannot be taken over by the power of God. Oh, I came to stir something on the inside of you. See, I do not make trips to preach just to get money. I do not make trips to preach to put it on social media that I'm going to be here and I'm going to be there. I make trips to preach so I can shift a region for the power of God. 
You see, I am tired of the devil having his way in our nation, and I will do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to God to leave a mark on this generation so that if Jesus tarries for 30, 50, 100 years, the next generation can look back to 2020, 2021. Come on, somebody. 2022, in the midst of all kinds of fear, in the midst of all kinds of gripping fear and sickness, and death and they can look back and they can say they didn't quit they didn't give in they didn't give over to what the devil had and because of that they shifted a nation and God came down can you believe tonight stand up on your feet all over this place throw your hands in the air and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost come on come on come on come on come on Pray, 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 pray. Let it grip us tonight, O God. Let the word grip us tonight, O God. Let the word grip us tonight, O God. Let the word grip us tonight, O God. Let prayer grip us tonight, O God. This is our responsibility. This is our responsibility. This generation is our responsibility. Oh, break off the restrictions tonight, oh God. Break off the limitations tonight, oh God. Break it off, 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 break it off. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out, cry out. Don't stop, don't stop. A nation shaking revival. One that is going to make history. One that will be for the history books. Not for our glory, but for his glory. That there was a generation that was willing to stand in the middle of chaos. A generation that was willing to stand in the middle of chaos. A generation that was willing to stand in the middle of chaos. In the middle of confusion. In the middle of delusion. And say we will pray until the mountains are shaking at the presence of God. Lift your hands, come on. I speak to the church in this region and I say awake, oh sleeper. I say awake, oh sleeper. I say awake, oh sleeper. I speak to the church in this region and I say awake, oh sleeper. I pray right now, oh God, that you would expose anything that is against your will and your plan. And I pray in the name of Jesus, a breaker anointing arise in this atmosphere. Arise in this city. Arise in this region in the name of Jesus. Break it open, God. Break it open. Break it open, God. Break it open. Break it open, God. Break it open. Break it open, Lord. 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 Break it open. Break it open. Shoyatoya sukataya. Oh, shanananaba sukataya. Shorabokote. Come on. Come on. You got to pray so that the next generation will have a reference point. You got to break open the heavens so that the next generation will understand that it is possible. You have to break open the heavens so that the miraculous can be released, so that the power of God can be unlocked. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Rebebe Shibaha Sunda. Oh, Yatora Basunde. 
Come on, come on, come on. This is 714. This is 714. The completion of something that's been set in motion. If my people, 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 then I will heal their land. Then I will heal their land. What do you want your grandchildren to know? What do you want the next generation to know? This is what we're preparing the way to all the Pentecostals in the room. We must keep Pentecost alive in this generation. The devil and his agenda has tried to take Pentecost, but with everything within me, we will stand and keep Pentecost alive for the next generation. Cry out now because it is your prayers that is keeping the heavens open. Sheba bahasukotoye bahasa. Hora raba shoto do do bosheke. Roba bobo shoto do bokose. Roba baba hasototo. Rebebebe shika choyo toye. Hoya taya suka toye hasa. Hasuro do do boshe. Oh shoto do boko. He shoto bo. Hado do boshi bahasuka bahata. Ho shoto do bahatoye. Hudri do basuye. Hallelujah. 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 You listen to me. History tells us that Evan Roberts, who birthed the Welsh revival, says that he, his brother, they were very, very poor. And his brother, can I get the keyboard player? Just, just the keyboard players. Huh? His brother, if everybody could stand, if you're physically able, I want you to stand all over the room if you're physically able. Come on, we can stand for everything else. Why can't we stand for prayer? Come on. Said that his brother, they had to sleep together because they only had very small home. They had to sleep in the same room in, in bed. And he said that all night long, Evan did not even know, but he was crying and groaning in the spirit all night long. This is before the revival broke out. All night long. His brother said he could not sleep because of the cries and the groans of Evan in the spirit, crying out for God to move. I'm trying to paint us a picture of the power of prayer. It must grip you, my friend. It is much bigger than one meeting. It is a lifelong pursuit. The two women of the Hebrides revival, they were, ve- they were elderly, 80s. She had a young man in his teen or young adult years. You have two elderly women in their 80s, could not even get out of the house because of their physical di- condition. If I remember correctly, one of them were blind, was blind, could not even see. But they found out that the young people were not coming to church. And they began to be be grieved. Are you grieved tonight? Not just because the young people are not coming, but just because people are not coming. And they were grieved. And so 
They couldn't get out because of their physical condition, but they could pray. So they began to pray. And the pastor came to him and he was grieved. He said, he told the ladies, he said, it's just nothing is happening. The young people are not coming. It's, it's just dying. And one of them, history tells us, looked at him and said, Pastor, you have tried programs. You have tried evangelism. But have you tried prayer? Those two women birthed the Hebrides revival that went down in history that shook a nation, turned thousands of souls, thousands. I understand, we know Pastor John Kilpatrick personally, I understand that their revival began of hours of prayer in their sanctuary praying around banners. It seems so silly in the natural. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It seems so silly in the natural. We're just looking at this banner and we're praying. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. prayed. One of the banners said, Revival. And then on Father's Day, 1995. Every person that stood in front of that banner got a reward because heaven came down in that sanctuary and over four million people visited that revival. It was a nation-shaking, history-making revival. My friend, when you taste that you are forever ruined. You cannot just go to church. You have to be the church. In Azusa Street, the blacks and the whites came together in a time of extreme racial tension. I'll try it again. The blacks and the whites came together in a time of extreme racial contention. And they started in a little house, Bonnie Bray Street. It wasn't 312 Azusa Street. It was 216 Bonnie Bray Street. My husband and I have been privileged to visit that house. We weren't supposed to be there. We just went to take a picture of the house. And I walked up to the gate that was surrounding the house. And I decided I was going to try to open the gate. In case you think this is a frivolous story, it is not, my friend. I'm here to prove a point. There's an assignment on tonight. This was in the year COVID. And everybody was COVID. And we were in California, your Lord in heaven, Los Angeles, of all places. And I turned the knob and the gate opened. Because if God can find someone who is desperate enough to get to the place of prayer, he will open the gates for you, my friend. So we were just going to walk up in the, I have pictures to prove it. We were just going to walk up in the, in the yard and take a picture by the sign. And to, to let you know, I had no idea they had made a like museum kind of thing out of this place. 
whatever you call that kind of thing. I had no idea, no idea. We just decided we were going to do a revival pilgrimage while we were in Los Angeles. So we went to Azusa Street, we went to Angeles Temple, and then we went to Bonnie Bray Street. I was just happy to find the house. And all of a sudden, see, oh, they tell us what it is and where it is. Awesome. So we're in the gate up in the yard taking the picture, and I look up on the porch that William Seymour stood on for the prayer meetings of those who birthed a nation-shaking, history-making revival. And the door was open. And I said, dear, my husband, the door's open. Because if God can find somebody who is hungry enough to see above their religious Sunday morning ritual, to see past what church has become in the Assemblies of God and the Pentecostal Church of God, to see past that to a move of God that can shake a nation, he will open the gate and he will open the door for you. So we walk in. Little did we know that we were not supposed to be in there. Glory to God. In downtown Los Angeles. And I hear something playing in the back of the house and I see the little book where you sign in and I'm looking around and I see William Seymour's picture on the fireplace. <clears throat> I see the furniture that this small group, pastor, of 15 people, 15 people, shifted an entire nation, our nation, in 1906. And they sat on these little couches. They still had it decorated like it was in that era. And I look at the dining room table, pictures of the Asbury's who owned the home in that time. And I make my way back to this little kitchen, and all of a sudden, the largest man in the universe steps out of the back room. Scared the bejeebies out of me. Come on, somebody. I equally scared him because we were not supposed to be in that house. And I will not draw the story out to kill the anointing, but you hear what I'm saying. After we went back and forth about we forgot our mask, blah, 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 blah kind of thing, he said, don't worry about it. He said, you take as long as you need. You're the only ones here. It took months, we found out, to get an appointment to be in that house. We had no idea. And here God opens a gate. And angels open a gate. And angels open a door. So that two revivalists from Peoria, Arizona will walk into a little house and put our feet on the wood that holds the sound of the intercessors in the early 1900s that birthed a nation-shaking, history-making revival. I am here, my friends. My feet have stood on that place. Yours may or may not be able to. Really doesn't matter. God provisioned it for us. What you have to do is make the commitment that those 15 people made in Bonnie Bray Street before they even knew that there was going to be a 312 Azusa Street that everyone would be talking about forever. They were just desperately hungry for Pentecost to come to America. If you want to shift a nation, you need to come to the front of this building right now. Come now, come now, come now, come now, come now. Do not miss it. Do not stand back in religion. Come now, come now, come now. Come now, come now, come now. Lift up your hands as you're coming down. Come on, come, come, come. You need to learn to respond to altars immediately. Play, my friend, play, play. Don't stand back in religion. Come on, come on, press to the front. 
Press to the front. Press to the front. Just play what you were playing just a moment ago. Don't play that. Lift your hands all over this building. Come on. Come on. If you choose not to come, that's fine. I don't judge you. But we're going to have prayer tonight. Because I believe that in this room, they only had two for the Hebrides. They only had one for the Welsh Revival. They only had 15 for Azusa Street. In this room is more than all of that. Lift your hands and close your eyes and begin to cry out with a desperation. Get past your last level of prayer. Get past your last level of prayer. Get past your last level of prayer. Get past your last level of desperation. Get past your last level of hunger. Push past. Push past. Push past. Come on, cry out. Close your eyes and cry out. God can shift it. God can shift it. God can shift Brian. God can shift College Station. God can shift uh, Texas A&M. God can shift. God can shift it. God can shift this city. God can turn it. He's done it before. All it takes is some hungry people, some desperate people that says, God, I've got to have more. I've got to have more in my family. I've got to have more in my church. I've got to have more in my life. I've got to have it, God. I've got to have it, God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Lift your voices, lift your voices, lift your voices, lift your heart. Oh God, teach us to love to pray. Grip us, oh God, with the burden of prayer. Build houses of prayer in this city, oh God. Not in name only, but in substance, oh God. Give us houses of prayer, God. Houses of prayer that cry out for an unlocking of your realm, an unlocking of your glory, an unlocking of your play uh, of, of your of your of your glory realm, God, that shifts the minds and the hearts of people in the territories I pray. Pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, on 7.14, it's going to shift. 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 It's going to shift. It's going to shift. On 7.14, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Pray, 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 pray. Now lift your hands all over this altar right now. Ask God to grip you with a spirit of prayer. Ask God to grip you with a spirit of prayer. I don't care how long you've known the Lord. I don't care how much even that you pray now. Ask God to grip you at another level. Ask God to grip you at another level. Ask God to grip your heart at another level. Oh! Oh! Grip us, Lord. Grip us, Lord. Grip us, Lord. Let it be said, oh Lord. Oh God, that your intercessors in this nation literally shifted, literally shifted the atmosphere over this nation, oh God, in this generation. In the name of Jesus, don't back off. Don't back off. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. Grip us, Lord. Grip us. Grip us. Grip us. Grip us. Grip us, Lord. Grip us with the power of prayer. Grip us with the purpose of prayer. Grip us with the power of prayer. Grip us with the necessity of prayer. Grip us with the burden of prayer. Grip us with the burden of prayer. The burden of prayer. The burden of prayer, oh God. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come on, lift your hands right now. Something is falling. A mantle is falling right now. A mantle is falling right now. The mantle that fell on those in Azusa Street. The mantle that we asked for as we stood in that little house. Oh, 
let it fall upon these people in this room, in this city, in the name of Jesus. They will shift the atmosphere over this city and over this region in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, press, press, press. Press, press. Press, press. Oh, yeah, don't know about Oh, Shift it, Lord. Shift it, Lord. Shift it tonight, oh God. Ha. Ha. I speak over the pastors. If you're a pastor in this room, just lift your hand. Everybody else, put your hands down. If you're a pastor in this room, you lead a congregation. Amen. Just lift your hands, you guys as well. Your pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus, for these pastors and these leaders. Pastors, I speak to you. Do not back off. And I'm not saying that you have, but I know that I know that the temptation has been there. In the name of Jesus, may the blood of Jesus cover you. May the blood of Jesus cover your family. Rosalinda, come help me. I want you to go anoint these with oil. Is all of your children here or not in the room? I would love to anoint them tonight. And uh, pastors, just go ahead and anoint the ones with their hands raised while the children are coming. Lift your hands, pastors. Everybody else pray in the Holy Spirit. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Father, in the name of Jesus. Anointing, 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 anointing. Anointing of God on this man of God. Anointing, anointing. Yes, Tom, come forward. You're a pastor. Oh, Yataya Kasa. Yes, Susanna. Oh, my. Oh, Karagata. Oh, Lamantara Basukata. Oh, Rende Kishata. Oh, Yantara Bakata. Oh, Rete Kisonto Kubaha. Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. Oh, Banekia Sumanara Makata. Yeah, Pastor, you can come up if you want. Amen. All the children. Hallelujah. Okay. You wanted the baby. All right. Hallelujah. All right. Stay with us, folks. Stay with us. Okay, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. No worries. 
I'm just anointing you with oil today. In the precious name. Rosalind, I want you to pray over these children. Lift your, lift your hands to all these pastors or on behalf of all these pastors and their families. They are your leaders. They are the ones who lead the way. They are the ones who break open the way. We're going to pray a protection over them. We're going to pray an impartation to them and over their children in the name of Jesus. Now lift your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray with me as I lead out in prayer in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. We'll get that other one when they come. I thank you now. Ah, come on, Jacob. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Saw the heavens open. Saw the heavens open. Angels ascending and descending. Let it be so, Lord. Lord, even the things that he has been allowed to see in the spirit. I thank you, God, that you're going to begin to open new realms of glory to him, O oh God. New realms of glory to him, O oh God. Lord, I cover this baby. Lord, I cover Anna in prayer in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, be covered in the blood of Jesus and the anointing of God. Let the presence of Almighty God flood your being. Let the glory of God come over you now. Let the power of Almighty God grip your heart. Thank you, Lord, that you even raise him up, O oh Lord, as a mouthpiece for his generation. Lord, that even at a day I saute through this family, Lord, his eyes will see the supernatural. His eyes will see the kingdom realms. His eyes will see the glory realms in the name of Jesus. And you will use him mightily in the name of Jesus. I thank you for protection. I thank you for protection. I'm praying over all the pastors, your families in the name of Jesus. Lord, protection. In the, is this y'all's right here? Oh, it's all right. They're wild. It's all right. He's going to be evangelist because he's going everywhere. In the name, I know, in the name of Jesus. I know, I know. Lord, I thank you. Touch him tonight, even at this age. Father, protect their family. Oh, ignite their voices, oh God. Ignite their voices, oh God. Ignite their voices for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus. You belong to them? Oh, in the name of Jesus. Protection blood of Jesus. Ignite their voices in the name of Jesus. I thank you now, oh, for strategies, oh God, in the spirit realm. Strategies in the spirit realm in the name of Jesus. Oh, pastors, come here. God has had his eye on you. God has had his eye on you. You have not been forgotten. Oh, you are making a difference. Oh, be encouraged. Be strengthened. Be strengthened. Be strengthened by the power of God. Be strengthened by the anointing of God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Help me pray. Help me pray. This is, this is very important. God, I thank you. You're using them to raise up a house of prayer. You're using these pastors to raise up houses of prayer. Houses of prayer. Oh, grip them tonight, God. Oh, protection. I break off every evil work of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. Oh, pray for him, Rosalinda. 
Where'd the other ones go? Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll go up there and whatever y'all want to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, let the power of God be upon this pasture. God. Oh, come now, Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, for such a time as this. Oh, for such a time as this. Protection. Oh, anointing. Oh, Pray, church, pray, church, pray, church. Lord, I pray that you strengthen them. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Every prayer that you have prayed is lodged in the heavenlies. You hear me now. Every prayer you have prayed is lodged in the heavenlies. The prayer bowls are tipping. The authority that rests upon you, the authority that rests upon you is recognized. Wall is recognized not only by hell but by heaven. The angelic armies have been dispatched. Oh, do not give in. Do not give up. Do not back away. In the name of Jesus, empower them, Lord. Strengthen them, Lord blood of Jesus cover them now everybody cry out for 30 seconds come on over these leaders right now oh come on 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 Hallelujah. 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 Just going to say a couple more things and then I'll hand it back to, to Pastor. Let me tell you that what is happening in this room tonight and tomorrow night. Y'all need to come back, if at all possible, tomorrow night. Bring somebody, someone that couldn't be here tonight. Tell them to be sure and get here tomorrow night. Bring your church people. Tell your church people to come. Let's pack this building out. Amen. With with, Because I'm telling you that to have this many pastors represented, this many congregations, and I'm assuming from this city and this area, all represented, hell is nervous right now. I promise you. I promise you nervous right now does not want to see this happen through our conversations driving here this afternoon um, it was I was asked a few questions about the area and just some of the warfare that's been happening breaking out and I understand that there's some level or a high level of Masonic grip am I correct on this on this area Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Use wisdom as you engage. Hear me now. Now this is a whole other teaching and sermon itself, but use wisdom as you engage. But understanding this, that it is, is your, it is your time in prayer is the authority that you are building, the authority and the spirit that you are building. And that thing has had its grip on this city and this region for long enough. 
and you know enough and as much or more probably than I know about it to know that it has capped something in this, in this region, in this city, but it is not too powerful for our God. And everything that I preached to you tonight was to lead you to understand that small groups of people have shifted nations and regions. Hear me, small groups of people, one, two, 15, whatever it is, shifted. Now those numbers grew, and it will happen here in Bryan and College Station. Your churches will be packed. They will be packed. They'll be packed. The stadium will be packed with, G- with wor- people worshiping Jesus. Why? Because you're hungry and you're desperate. And the authority and the spirit has shifted and against the counterfeit that has gripped this region for too long. So I prayed over the children and I prayed over the pastor's families. And you need to pray over... They're praying for you. You pray for them. I know you do, but you know what I'm saying. Ramp it up, amen? Ramp it up because revival draws another level of warfare, right? That's why I'm so intense about it, right? You're all back there saying, man, she's intense. If you never heard me preach, it doesn't get any less intense than that, okay? It just doesn't. She's intense. I'm intense. But revival is war. But we have a king of kings who has already won the victory. Amen? So I bless you in the name of the Lord. I'm so thankful and honored to be here and excited that we get to come back tomorrow night. God bless you, God. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or visit www.equippingchurch.us.